Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Every morning after I do my Zen meditation practice, I vow to do four impossible things before I have my breakfast and go to work, reflects Wayne Arneson. Wayne continues that these four impossible things include saving all beings, extinguishing all delusions, mastering all opportunities to realize the Buddha's teachings, and embodying fully the Buddha's way of being. These four impossible things are known as the great vows. Sometimes, he says, I will look at myself sitting cross-legged and chanting in monotone in, uh, in bleh, sorry, Sometimes I will look at myself sitting cross-legged and chanting in monotone about these four impossible things before breakfast, and I marvel that this is me. I'll try. A Midwestern Canadian born and bred Unitarian Universalist who serves as a minister in our tradition. How did I get here, he asks. Is this spiritual? What benefit do I get from focusing on these vows? And are these even the right questions? The Buddha Dharma provides both path and destination for Wayne, and his questions help him stay on course. Our faith tradition emphasizes freedom. It emphasizes individual choice and worth. We have no creed. We do not claim to have the universal truth. Our seven principles point each of us, generally, in the same direction. But our tradition provides no destination. It does not provide step-by-step instruction. So this morning, I ask you, where are you going? What is your next step? First, where are you going? I'm not asking what do you want to be when you grow up. I'm asking how do you want to be when you grow up? Perhaps you see yourself motivated by righteous anger, an energetic force for justice. Perhaps you'd rather be that tranquil hermit, radiating inner peace and living in perfect harmony with your environment. Perhaps instead you would like to emulate Jesus, Gandhi, the Buddha, or another spiritual paramour. Perhaps like Wayne, you seek after the impossible one day at a time. Or maybe, just maybe, you haven't even thought about it. Where are you going? Not what do you want to do, how do you want to be? In her poem, Wild Geese, Mary Oliver shares a vision of how we might be in the world. It goes like this. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about your despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. 
Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over prairies and deep trees, mountains and rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clear blue air are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So second, what is your next step? What are you doing today that pushes you spiritually? What will you do tomorrow? What opportunity do you see for your growth? In the words of Francis de Saul, you learn to speak by speaking. You learn to study by studying. You learn to run by running, to work by working. And just so, you learn to love God and humans by loving. All who think they can learn in any other way deceive themselves. How are you loving? How else can you love? Last fall, my friend Maddie and I were walking to the Park Street tea station just up the way. When we met Mary, she asked us if she, we could spare her a quarter. I gave her a dollar and offered to buy her a meal. She was clearly hungry. Maddie bought her two meals at Burger King, including an Oreo ice cream sundae. When her food was ready, we asked if she would mind if we stayed with her for a while. She hesitated, clearly nervous, clearly unsure why we wanted to stay. But with Maddie's smile, she then relaxed and nodded, and we all sat down in a booth. She began with her Sunday, digging right in, and we shared the story of how just earlier that month, we had been celebrating George Whitehouse's birthday here, and he had suggested that we should eat dessert first. She laughed. She asked us about our lives, so we told her about our work, we told her about school, we told her about our times here at the church. She looked embarrassed and confessed she knew little about church. She never really attended. We told her that was fine. But after a moment's silence and thinking, she began asking us, well, there's been this thing people have been talking about. There's this paper that says Jesus had been married. What do you think about that? I found it interesting. That was her segue to connect to us. But we talked. And then she asked us how our church was different from the Catholics, and we talked more. Finally, she decided to tell us a little about her life. She told us about how she's treated as less than human. She told us about the way that some people look at her and make faces, how others try their best not to look at her. We listened to her. And when she finished her ice cream, she again had that moment of hesitation, that look of embarrassment, and she asked if we might consider, if it might be possible, that we could help her get a blanket. We agreed, and she packed her hamburger and her chicken nuggets into her backpack for later, explaining that in the middle of the night, when she was hungry, this would be her moment of hope. It would keep her till the next day. We told her she did not need to explain to us. We'd given her the food. It was hers now. And when we got to Macy's, and we approached the escalator, her face filled with joy. She smiled, she laughed, and then she decided to share the story. You see, when she was a little girl, her grandmothers, one refused to ever take an escalator, and the other refused to ever take the elevator. So every time she went to a big store like this as a little girl, she had to pick. 
Would she take the escalator or would she take the elevator? One time, when she was with her elevator-fearing grandmother, she chose the elevator. And she pressed all of the buttons, starting at the top, until she got to the emergency call button at the bottom and then was stuck for quite some time between floors. We all laughed together. And then we bought her a blanket. And then we said goodnight. Mary. Mary's from Cape Cod. She came to Boston six years ago. She lost her mother. Then she lost her job. Then she lost her apartment. She has no one now. She has nothing that isn't crammed into that backpack that she carries with her everywhere. She is alone. And she is one of us. She isn't angry. She's lonely. And she's afraid. So I ask again, how do you want to be when you grow up? What is your next step? Will you vow to do the impossible? Or will you seek new ways to love? The church here is starting soon. We often make vows at the new year of the secular calendar, but this might be a time for a church resolution. How do you want to be when you grow up? What is your next step? Blessed be.